What's up, principals, and welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm a principal, and as you know, I am the host of this podcast. And this podcast is all about being a principal and leadership and uh, all the conversations and all the fun things that go along with that. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat today with just one of one of the coolest people I know, super experienced leader, just a, a very diverse leadership background. I mean, today's guest has been recruited across state lines to go lead a turnaround school. I mean, how cool is that? Barry Richburg, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you and catch up. Yeah, so Barry, you and I know each other through obviously social media. So there's the plug if you don't know. If you're not on Twitter, then you got to get connected on Twitter. And we first connected, I think, just through being principals. And then we kind of elevated it because you were doing this like running challenge and I was doing a running challenge. And I think you would you do like 100 races in one year or something? Um, I did 12 in 2017 and then I did 18 in 2018. All right. I don't know uh, where I got a hundred from. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 12, 12 is, I mean, whatever you were doing was good. And I was doing a, I was doing a challenge too. And man, we just, we just, uh, we just connected and you actually wrote, wrote a piece for uh, one of my books, run like a pirate, which was, uh, which was a big honor to have you on that project. And uh, I'm pumped to talk today. So just for the people out there that don't know you, Barry, just tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you work, uh, just kind of give us the download, man. All right. So Barry Richburg, um, I'm originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. So born and raised in North Carolina. Um, I started my, I went to Shaw University for my undergrad, which is in Raleigh. And then after that, I moved to the DC area and went to George Mason University for my um, education leadership master's. So I taught K, three and five. Um, while in element, while teaching in elementary school, I taught in the Northern Virginia area. Then I went home, back home to North Carolina, and I taught third grade there. Then I became an assistant principal there in North Carolina, and then had the pleasure of working um, at, in the largest district in our in the state of North Carolina. And I was working. Um, my first principalship was at an element Title One elementary school. And then I was blessed to move to another um, Title One elementary school there in that district. And then I was promoted to lead um, a comprehensive middle school there. Um, so I had some varied experience in North Carolina. And then um, now I'm working in Lexington, Kentucky um, at an elementary school um, here in the city of Lexington. Yeah, so you're you're a very humble person. That's one of the things that I, I really admire about you, Barry. You told me before the show, you were recruited to come to this turnaround school. Like, I don't know how the heck people like find out about other principals across state lines and you move your family and you move your life. But if you can and you're comfortable, I mean, what was that like to, hey, Principal Richburg, we want you to come lead this school. And then like the decision-making and then getting there and before yeah. the show, you told me, man, turnaround schools are my thing. So explain, yeah. man. People want to know. Okay. So the city of Lexington, I've, I've had my eye. I do a lot of research. So mm -hmm. I was um, did some research on some of the models that were here in Lexington, and I got really intrigued. 
um, just by the direction in which the district was going and some of the initiatives that were in place. And I was starting to read about um, the University of Kentucky because I was thinking they had an online program to um, for some EDD work. So I was looking at the possibility of um, maybe enrolling at the University of Kentucky to look at the EDD sector. So in my research, Fayette County Schools kind of came up and that's where I'm working now. And so um, they, they have a recruitment office that is constantly looking for top talent. And so I connected with one of the recruiters just to kind of hear their vision of the, the initiatives that were in place and the innovative work that was happening here in, um, in a very progressive part of Kentucky. So we were, uh, it was very exciting and intriguing to me. So once I um, you know, got connected with them, they started to um, keep in touch and just kind of let me know what was going on and what the movements were gonna be in the district. And as I got on the phone and started to hear the passion and, and the, um, the levels of equity for all kids, um, and especially talking with the, um, the superintendent at the time about his vision um, for the turnaround schools and how um, the resources and the opportunities that are, are here for all students, it really just kind of spoke to me, to be very honest. Mm -hmm. And so I told myself if a position came open um, that matched my, my vision and my philosophy, um, we could, I want to look at making both worlds come together. And so um, sure enough, a school came open and I researched it and it matched. And so I reached back out um, just to kind of see if if a principal from North Carolina even matched what, what this district was looking for. And um, based on their principal profile that they were opening up kind of nationally to find um, someone to come to this particular position, it matched. And so um, I chatted with them and, and we all clicked and here I am. Wow. So I just made the decision. So I honestly f felt, feel, um, I feel called here. When I got here and I met with, every staff member one-on-one -on -one, and we talked about vision and expectations and what, how can I serve you as your principal? And, and I was looking, listening for themes. And then when it was my turn to talk to the staff, I told them um, that I believe things happen for a reason and I'm here for some reason. And I just feel called for, to this work. And I feel called to be at this school at this time um, to see what, what, what magic we can make happen. So, so here I am. Making magic. Well, that story, I mean, I think about those are those are big moves. And I think that is something that I would say would benefit more people make, make big moves in your life. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, people are comfortable. A lot of people are comfortable and there's just no growth when you are comfortable. Are there times in your life where comfort is okay? Sure, because you got things going on with family or people are sick or whatever, but I think that's a good lesson for people. Like if you can make big moves, make big moves. Yes. So what do you think is the biggest challenge facing principals right now? Right now, the biggest challenge for, for principals across the nation is just maintaining the level of excellence and that we all want to do for our schools and do the best that we can for everybody. But also it's just while also balancing and realizing that we are now taking our business into people's homes 
in not only children's homes, but our teachers' homes. And so just making sure that we really have that, that true sense of that balance of high expectations, high quality instruction, while also being sensitive and understanding that the delivery and the location of in which this is happening is different for everybody. And these platforms are different and, and our students' responses are gonna be different and our teachers' um, responses are gonna be different. And how do we motivate and energize and keep people excited about what we love to do and that's education while still running and managing the daily operations of the building. So it's it's kind of, we're on this um, twofold platform right now where we're still running the school, but we're also realizing that um, we are in a virtual environment and we are in a very interesting time in our world. And it's just, how do you balance all the pieces? So it's a, I think that's a big challenge because this is something that none of us went to school for or none of us knew how to do. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of learning as we go. And what I've learned in that is um, be authentic, be you, um, be human, and, and don't lose the human side of you while leading. And I know when we were in person and before, prior to this, um, we said that, you know, we wanted to show staff that we were human and, but it's a different, I say it's a different human side that we show now. Mm -hmm. And I think just kind of keeping that in the forefront. There is just so much wisdom there to unpack. I mean, I could talk to you all day about what you just said, Barry, but one thing that I'm really thinking about, and then I get a lot of questions about is you're at a new school and everybody's as everybody is a first year principal this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're an experienced principal. I'm an experienced principal. I'm just taking over a new school, but it's not like anything that I've ever done before because I haven't even met some of the teachers because we're all virtual in California. Mm -hmm. So what is your advice to uh, new leaders when they come into a new school? How, what's your advice on meeting people or talking to people and, and, and presenting yourself to the community? What, what has been and what is your approach? Maybe like your top, your top, uh, top things to think about for principals coming into a new place. Yeah, when you come into a new school as a new principal, you need to realize that you are coming into their community. Mm -hmm. You are coming into a space that has a culture. You're coming into a space that has systems and structures and procedures already done. And so you need to come in with a mindset of go slow to go fast. And you need to make sure that you are listening before acting mm -hmm. and, and listen to all stakeholders and make yourself available. Um, I would say to a new principal, when you come into your school, you, you, don't, you don't do a lot of the talking. You, you want to present yourself as I'm here to learn I'm here to learn from, from you, the teachers, the parents, the students. I'm here to learn the community. I'm here to learn the culture. And, and I think we have to get to a point where new principals have to understand that, yes, you're hired to be the principal and you're, you're hired to, to move the school to this next level, but you're still a new principal. And so there's things that you have to, that you're going to have to learn. And, and it's okay to tell your staff that you don't know something. And it's okay to, to let your staff know, I don't know, but this is the process I'm going to take to know or help me to learn. And I think that's how you build that camaraderie of a, of a team. The other thing is invest in people and realize that, that people work with and for people. 
and you have to build your teams. And, and the way that you do that is you listen and you see where you can insert and fit in to that. Um, but make yourself available. Um, have you a good solid 30, 60, 90 plan? Um, be transparent with that plan. Um, seek advice from all stakeholders and learn and meet your people outside of them as a teacher in the classroom. So set up some times where they can feel safe to simply come in to talk to you without any type of agenda um, and just get to know them and, and really listen, like I said before, for those themes. So that will help you create an action plan on where you need to focus your energy and ask your staff, where would you like for me to focus my energy as your new principal? And be okay with what, they're, what you're gonna receive in that. And, and just be authentic and in very intentional in, in your moves and, and, and what you're doing. But the most thing, like I said before, transparency. Be transparent so they know um, when you do have to make change, they know the why behind the change. And so they don't have any reason to think that, um, that you're doing something outside of what you're really saying. I think I'm going to go back every few months and just listen to this episode. And that like from here to there and what you just said, I'm not ready to get recruited Lexington School District, but when I do want to get recruited is when Barry Richburg is the superintendent somewhere. Oh. I want to come, I want to come work with you, my friend. All right, I have a question. Uh, people ask me all the time and I want to know your response. What is your favorite interview question to ask candidates that you are hiring as a teacher? Your, mm. your, your, your one favorite question. Mm -hmm. I, I like questions of reflection. So I always ask, my favorite question to ask a teacher candidate is, in your prior experience, um, if they're an experienced teacher or in your student teaching experience, what's one thing that, that occurred that if you were provided a second opportunity to do that you would redo or do over and why? Mm. And the reason why that's my favorite question is because I like to work around reflective practitioners. Mm. And I want people to, to always have a reflective mindset. And if you can share a time that something just didn't go as well as you planned it, which is normal, um, but you had a plan, you realize it didn't go well. So you have a plan if you were given another opportunity to redo that and you knew the steps to take to make it even better. That's a reflective person. Um, when we ask that question on our interview committee, if I have a candidate that's like, I wouldn't do anything differently, <laughs> then it, bring, it brings me pause to see how, how reflective is that person really um, inside. So I, I like that question because it does, it, it, it brings pause to the candidate, but that's something that you can't find in a textbook. Mm -hmm. And so that, that really digs deep with them as a person. Um, because I always tell people, we can teach people content we can't teach people empathy, we can't teach people love, and we cannot teach people to be reflective. So that's my favorite question. Well, I think I need to up my game. I, I love talking with you, my friend, because I I'm gonna be transparent right now to the listeners. As a principal, my favorite question to ask candidates is what has been the coolest adventure you've ever, ever been on your life? Where did you go? And what did you do? And what did you learn from it? And you just gave me like the PhD level question. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm at like the GED level question. But I think, you know, the, they are opposing. But I think 
um, I'm going to add that question. I like to see what kind of person they are. Either the reflection mm -hmm. is great, but oh, I was in, I was in uh, Vietnam and I was backpacking and I lost my, you know, just to kind of see how people kind of problem solve. But uh, I, I have to up my, uh, up my question game. Uh, what's a book that you like to recommend to other leaders that they read? Well, um, any book by you, Adam, is, is awesome. <laughs> I think, um, I think, I, in all seriousness, the kids deserve it book. I think um, I did a book study when I was in North Carolina. Um, and that book, I remember sitting around our leadership team, and we did it as a book study. And the way that that book is written, it was, so, it was written in such um, real time for the time of year that we were going through. And the staff had so many connections to the way it was written and the reflections that we got after that um they all said that they were better um they saw things differently and they were better because of the book and so um i have i have talked about your book the kids deserve it book for after that so long because it was so it was such a way to connect with teachers and principals in the real work that we do every day and so um, that that will probably be the first book for leaders. I think for new principals um, to stay within your why and if while you're moving, you know, your, your teachers along, that book will really keep you there um, and it will really help you understand the true meaning of kids deserve what, you know, and, and you can kind of take that frame, that phrase it and replace it with what and then look at your school and say, well, here, what do they deserve? And then you can add why, what, what does that look like? And how are we going to do that? So I would say that book, hands right. down. Well, well, thank you. That, that was not a part of the podcast, <laughs> but I'm humbled. So I want to ask you maybe like a more of a serious question. And when okay. we talk about, uh, we talk about equity and we talk about all kids. And um, I think this is, this is something where I've been reading and learning and listening like I hope a lot of people have and I want to get your perspective uh I mean obviously full transparency I'm a white male you are a black male and I want to know what when George Floyd was murdered earlier this year it it uh it it caused it helped to bring a lot of attention to to just equity and rights and Black Lives Matter. And I mean, like, I've been reading so much of, of Kendi and all these, there's so many books out there for somebody that is wanting to open their eyes, because maybe they haven't, or they haven't been exposed, um, or they've just been insulated. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of butchering the question, Barry, but what would be your advice when thinking and acting and engaging and listening and supporting and educating your staff and your community, no matter where you live in this country, um, about the reckoning that is, in my opinion, finally happening in this country when it comes to, when it comes to race um, and it comes to uh, just so many things that I think a lot of people have finally started to talk about and, and read about and, and educate themselves on. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a great question. I, I would say that, you know, going back to my statement of um, finding the purpose in what we're really trying to do. Um, when we 
reflect or talk about about where we are as a country and 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 the inequities that are now finally being talked about um and to me it's i'm 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 moved and i'm glad that we are at a point that we can have the conversation um and and i see more safe spaces where we can have this conversation and and not offend people but um I would say it's all about your 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 purpose of the conversation, part one. But I would say the second piece is that is how are we gonna what are what is our action with it, and how are we going to make sure that it doesn't just become something on the shelf to talk about um, for the moment um, because we can get caught up in the thing for right now, right? And 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 so I think if we're really at a point to move ourselves to a different level of understanding and a different level of acceptance and a different level of let's do this the right way and let's make it better, then I think we have to talk, but we have to act. And I think it's just really um, not being afraid to talk, not being afraid to disrupt those inequities, but it's more of not being afraid to really put a plan in place that's gonna, we're gonna be able to see through together. And I'm a firm believer, and I tell my staff this, I tell my friends this, my family, it, we can all do it together. We can all do this together if we all have the same purpose and the same, and the same expected outcomes. And so I think it's just, um, I, I don't know, I, 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 I just personally feel that we're in a, a time that um, it's all here in our face. We all knew it was there, right? But we never really, no one really wanted to broach the subject. But now the subject is here. And so now we're talking about it. So now it's all about the action behind it. And how can we put good action behind things to make a, a powerful and a purposeful outcome for everybody? Um, because I do believe that all of us can be better on the other side of this, no matter who we are and or what we look like. Because there are people who have never had to experience things like that. And there are people who experience it every single day. So if we can merge that together and be purposeful in that, um, I think we'll be better overall. Yeah, it takes, it takes work and it takes commitment and it takes it not to just be a, a hashtag or, or, or a t-shirt. It's not something that you do for two weeks or, or a month. And uh, yeah, I mean, and some people are going to be uncomfortable. But like I said before, to your point, when you are uncomfortable, you do grow. And yes. that is yes. what our that's what our schools need. It's what our communities need, in my opinion. It's what our it's what our country desperately needs. And um, I hope that that uh, I hope that it continues because we, yes. we need it. We need it because our kids deserve it. The next generation deserves it. Our, mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone deserves it. So um, let's just say that the president calls you, okay? And mm -hmm. the president calls Barry Richburg and he's like, Barry, I got a job for you. I want you to come to Washington, D.C. and be the secretary of education for our country. Like, this is like the big recruit. Like, you got recruited. This is like the recruit. What would you do? What would be your priorities? What changes would you make if you were in charge of public education for this country? Um, wow. Wait, is Barry Richburg speechless? I didn't <laughs> think I'd get there. I'm going to give you a minute, my friend. Wow, that's that's a big question. Um, wow. First of all, it would be an honor. Okay, so that, let, let's <laughs> stay there for a second. It would be a great honor. But, but no, um, the 
priority that I would want to put in place is, you know, looking at, you know, this, this big scale of now education in a country um, versus a district or, you know, community, um, aligning our visions, you know, just really aligning the visions and realizing that no matter what part of the country you're in, um, kids are kids, teachers are teachers, parents are parents, communities are communities, and people deserve to have um, their playing fields leveled and the resources leveled because just because I grew up in North Carolina and you're in California or now I'm in Kentucky or I used to live in the DC area, if I was a child that went through those states, I would still want to feel no matter where I'm going in the country, I'm still going to have, you know, an adequate amount of resources and an adequate amount of education and high quality education, regardless of whatever school, regardless of the zip code, regardless of the seat that I sit in. That's what I would want to somehow um, focus on um, to just bring that real good alignment of, um, of education and the, and the value behind education and, and really get people to see that education is, is important and education is an equalizer for us. And so that's what I would put my energies in after being the, getting over the shock that I got the job. <laughs> ah, well, you, uh, you have my vote. Uh, my friend, I am, uh, I am proud to know you. I'm proud to call you a friend. And uh, I'm going to have you back on the podcast because I know there's like a whole slew of other questions that I want to ask you that, that we could talk about. You, uh, you're becoming so much more of a thought partner for me just in the leadership. And uh, man, we got we to gotta continue that conversation. So we're going yeah. to put a stake in that. But uh, thank you for coming on, Barry. Thanks for all the work that you do. Good luck with your turnaround school. I know you are going to crush it. And uh, if you don't know Barry Richburg, he's all over the internet. Search him, connect with him on social media. You are going to learn from him and everyone listening. Thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Thank you. What's up, everyone? Hey, before we go today, I got to give a shout out to NAESP and NASSP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. If you are not a member of these national organizations, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I was a member of my state organization for years, and I found that I got so much out of the national organization. They have conferences, they have webinars, they have so many different assets and tools for principals that are doing the job. NAESP.org and NASSP.org. Join up, sign up, connect with them on social media. You will not regret it. NAESP.org and NASSP.org are the national organizations for elementary and secondary school principals.